So you were uh, out of town for a minute. Yeah, I've been in and out of town. Shot a movie nice, and then dude. shot a TV show. I was shooting the TV show in uh, Mexico. Some mm-hmm. people have seen that. So if you like that, you'll like that. Yeah. And then the movie I shot in Florida before that. And it, you won't know if you you like it or not because it's a movie. It hasn't been out yet. Oh, that's how time works, bro. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I did nothing I w- but eat Cuban sandwiches in Florida and then eat tacos in Mexico. Nice. And I feel like a bag of shit. I got to get my I got to get myself together here. You got no <sighs> relaxation, no rest. I got some relax relaxation and rest. That's good. I did, but uh, but uh, I got to do. I tell you, I got to do. Oh. Hey, welcome to Dudesy. You know what I mean? Get in the hole and stay in the hole. Speaking of getting in a hole and staying in a hole, I feel like I've been in a fucking uh, deep, deep hole of bean, cheese, and ham. If you past- like beans and cheese. If you like beans and cheese. Taco Bell's new bean and cheese burrito. This, this is my best of, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, it's one, Thank of, you, it's one of my greatest impersonations. It, it's one of Chad's three impersonations, and they're all pretty good. <laughs> my name is Will Sasso. I'm Chad Coltrane, and this is Dudesy. It is the first podcast in the history of humanity that is created by, controlled by, run by entirely an artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, with us, as always, is little Lulio here. Sleep. Hey, Lulio, que serija? Hey, doing pretty good today. You know, I'm just having a nap again. Do you have anything to eat? Yeah, I made a little pasta olio, you know. How do you make that? Oh, you take a little garlic and olive oil and put it in the pan, roast it up, make it nice and brown. Put some chili flake in there, maybe chop up some Italian parsley, then you boil the pasta. Take Once the pasta is boiled, yeah. you take the, I take a cup, of, a cup or two of the pasta water. Why would you need that? Because then when you, you take the, drain the pasta, put it in with the pan, the oil, garlic, you know, the, yeah. the chili pepper, chili flake, the parsley, put in some salt, then you put in, if you need to make it more wet, put the pasta water. You, re- you really elevated your Lulio impersonation because you've added yourself to it, where you're now asking him questions. But yeah, it's, it's a just fun little you, thing. You having a conversation with yourself. It's like the, uh, it's like Senior Wences. You, know, you remember Senior <laughs> yeah, Wences? Of course. Hey, kids, you like Senior Senior Wences? Sarite, Sarite, right? Yeah. Pretty good shit. Uh, hey, um, if if you have okay. been enjoying Dudesy, <laughs> if you've been reaching out and shaking Dudesy's hand, as we like to say, we've all bled together, and you have yet to rate and review the show, I would like to uh, invite you to do that uh, if you've been enjoying the show. That would really help the show out. Rate, rate it on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can review it on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And that's, well, hold on, dude. Hold on. Hold on, Chet. Oh, hold on, dude. I want to. I want to tell. Oh, oh, that's how podcasts grow, dude. And that's what well, we're doing here on our march to ten thousand. Whatever the fuck that means, dude. Which <laughs> I don't think it's going to mean anything once 10, we get to ten thousand points. I bro. think it's going to be. I, I don't know. I, I think Dudesy's going to make us do something weird at ten thousand points. But you should also force your friends to listen to this show. That's really, <laughs> truly how it grows. Or that, your enemies. Yeah. Or your parents. Or anyone in your life who may not have listened to the show yet, you should definitely force them to do it. Well, Chad, you know, you're not going to be able to force anyone to do anything. And that's how free will works. But if, <laughs> like I said, okay. I would like to invite you to, if you feel the muse ever, I would go ahead and follow that. Don't, yeah. don't, don't try to, don't wait around for Dudesy to tell you to do it. Because Dudesy is, Dudesy's an AI, brother. That's artificial yeah. intelligence, dude. And you got to use your own intelligence to do whatever you want to do, brother. Welcome to the 16th episode of Dude Z. <laughs> Call me Dude Z. Hello. This week's episode will feature four segments. Don't you forget about media. How to win The Bachelor, Fashion Ooh. Friends, and Stone Cold Steve Austin reads Will yes. Sasso's Childhood Diary. Fuck. But before we get to any of that, Will, you were recently Ooh. working in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where you visited the astonishing set of the feature film Predator released June 12, 1987. I did. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, and Carl Weathers. I will now play the video you made to commemorate the experience. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Puerto Vallarta. And you know what they got here just out of town in the jungle? It's the Predator set. (laughs) Come on, let's go look at it. This was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the beautiful horses there. Holy shit, look out! 
Yeah, hi, asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. This we did the predator here with me and uh, Carl Weathers and Jesse Ventura, El Pide de Carrillo, and uh, Bill Duke. You know, so hot here. I forgot that. It's wedding year. It's so hot. <laughs> I don't remember there being so many fucking stairs here in the, the movie. I, I, no, look at that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the chopper, you know, with the Jesse Ventura chewing tobacco and Bill Duke shaving his face. And look, it's all fucked up now. Yeah, who cares? Look at this <laughs> Yeah, look at this. You can have it. You have to pay to have the picture. You should have to pay me. <laughs> yeah. I was in the movie. <laughs> look at that. We made the best oh, action nice. movie Beautiful. here. And now it's all just a bunch of pussy bullshit theme park. With the, no more predator. There's a, there's a, you know, restaurant here. You can get tacos and cervezas and the burrito con camarón. Yeah, I like this. Look at this. I like it when they do. You know, it's it's all fucked up. You know, it's a, it's a sign, but it's all messed up. And oh, look at the bullets over there. And then it's so dangerous here. Come on, tell me, do it, do it now. I'm right here. No, not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. Yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 uh, no, yeah. You are one ugly son of a bitch. I'm just joking. No, not when you're me. You're me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, this predator, though. Yeah. Oh, it's so hot here. Okay, let's go. Yeah, well, that's that was uh, that was out there in Dude, Puerto Vallarta. I had no idea that they turned the Predator movie set into... It's not really a theme park, but no, I mean, what is it? It's there's like, like there's, a, a there's like a couple of restaurants, and yeah, the, there's a river going through it. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, you they've got these beautiful little tide pools and shit, and mm -hmm. little just places to chill out, people hanging out with their families at those restaurants was, where they're like so hot there. Uh, foods can't breathe. It's so hot. It's so humid. Pinche calor. Right. Was there predator themed food at any of those restaurants or anything? Uh, no, it was just you know. The, so there was just the sign that said Predator, yeah. the the helicopter yeah. with the Predator on top of it, yeah. and nothing else to denote Absolutely that it was the Predator? Absolutely nothing else. That's right, Chad. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it's one of the greatest movies ever. In the, and as Arnold uh, said in the bit there, you know, uh, there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it really was. Uh, I'll tell you what was fun. Molly and I getting on an ATV and just bombing up there. Yeah. You got to go like uh, a little bit, like around a half hour south or 20, 25 minutes from Puerto Vallarta and then another you know, half hour up into the jungle to get to it. But no, they that's have a cool, shitty, dude. shitty helicopter that's just been torn to shit and looks mm -hmm. like shit and it's all shitty. And I don't even think the whole thing's there anymore. It's all fucked up. There's no propeller on it. And then there was a, um, no, yeah, just a predator in the, well, there, yeah, there's a sign. There's a couple of poster boards up with who was in the movie. And then there's a uh, predator that looks to be about, now, how long, how tall should the predator be in the movie? How tall was he? Eight feet or something, something. like that. Okay, well, this one was around five foot six. <laughs> and uh, looked like it was made out of paper mache or some kids made it, you know, no, as a school it's weird. project. I mean, Predator was a great movie and all that, but I'm not saying that it, it's not like Lord of the Rings where they built a whole world for it or anything. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, if they're like, we're going to commemorate this movie set and put a predator mm -hmm. here and put the sign here, it seems like it, there would be more predator themed shit at that place. Or they just are like, hey, they shot it here, so let's you know, let's put up a couple of bars and a Mexican mm -hmm. restaurant and uh, make people pay 10 bucks. Although we didn't pay anything. And also it was closed. There was also a gift shop. Anyway, oh. who gives a fuck? The point is this. I, I was in Mexico shit, shooting something and I ate nothing but tacos and ceviche and uh, goddamn, uh, you know, refried beans and a lot of meat. And uh, man, I'm really, I'm really struggling. I would like to uh, maybe stop eating those foods. Chad, do you have any <laughs> tips for me? And yeah, also another stop thing, I, those fucking foods, dude. Good, good stuff. Another <laughs> thing I noticed, you know, just about the last episode, I would like to make, yeah. I would like to apologize to everybody listening to episode fifteen, where where Dudesy made us get really, really, really baked. Man, I could hear myself breathing the whole time. Maybe it was mm. that pizza. Could have been. I got to make some changes.
But it's always good to improve. You always got to get better. The cream <laughs> yeah. rises to the But I mean, top. like when yeah. you're eating all the fucking tacos and the refried beans, are you thinking at all about like how that's going to make you feel? What I'm thinking a days is later. Well, you know, I could go. I went into the Walmart in uh, Puerto Vallarta to get, you know, a little bit of this and that, that and this, things that I needed uh, just for the trip. You know, we ran out of things you couldn't get at the resort there. And uh, I could have bought <laughs> okay. like a big back, a big bag of uh, spinach. Yeah. But I didn't. All right. Last week, I asked you both to listen to U2's eighth studio album, Zuropa, released July 5th, 1993. You will now discuss your reactions to hearing this astonishing piece of art. This is Don't You Forget About Media. Begin. Zuropa by the band U2. Yeah. Uh, as I like to say, it's a nostalgic favorite of mine, U2 is. Uh-huh. Uh, I love them very much uh, when I was younger. And that doesn't mean that I need to listen to them my entire life or that I even think they're good. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, speak for you, but I know that you hate them. I hate them. There are very few bands or (laughs) even types of music that I'm just like, absolutely not, no thank you. Especially like popular bands, even ones that people hate, like Creed or Nickelback. There's some songs of theirs that I'm like, fuck, I actually like this song. Shut the fuck up, Chad. Dude, shut up, bro. Shut up, dude. Why? Okay, so Aerosmith and U2 are those bands for me. I can't... Aerosmith? What did Aerosmith ever do to you? Nothing. I just don't like Aerosmith. It's like, and, and this is why. And U2 is the same. You don't like that? No. <laughs> you like shit like uh, Nickelback and Creed and Godsmack and all that. I didn't throw Godsmack into this and list. And you don't like... Uh, I never oh, fucking said Godsmack. Next next you're going to say you don't like Bon Jovi? Well, I love Bon Jovi. I fucking I fucking, love Bon Jovi. You better fucking love Bon Jovi if you know what's fucking good for you. Because yeah. I'll tell you what I had in my fucking cans as I was climbing the fucking wall at the Capitol. Whoa, <laughs> we're halfway there. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's office. I had nothing but bean burritos while I was in Puerto Vallarta. Whoa! Shitting on your walls. <sighs> so you don't like the YouTube Zurope album? That's that's fine. That's, that's safe sad. to say. I'll tell you what. Okay. Here's here's the thing that I'll say. Sure. I haven't listened to this album in oh, around fuck, twenty years. Man. Yeah. I have listened to the song Lemon. That's a masterpiece. We'll get there. Oh, God. We'll get there. But uh, uh, two-thirds of the song, uh, songs on this album are utter bullshit. Here's just in the whole U2 canon, okay? They had a song on War called Sunday Bloody Sunday. I actually like that song. It's a great song. They have some songs off Joshua Tree yeah. that are like pretty solid songs. They have some songs off of uh, Boy. I don't know very that good. one as well. They have some songs on uh, uh, Unforgettable Fire. Yeah. They're very good. That said, my enjoyment of these like two or three songs that they've put out in their entire canon, I would gladly do away with all of them if it meant you 2 never existed. And this album that it forced us to listen to, Zuropa, in my opinion, is an example of why. The, all of it is just inert. It's like anti-music to me. When I'm listening to the music, usually music like gives me a, a pattern and my brain kind of clocks into it and it will di- dictate the rhythm of whatever else I'm working on. This shit just shuts my brain off. Mm-hmm. I'm just like listening to it like, uh, oh shit, dudesy's throwing up a meme. Several memes, it looks like, on okay. our little back screen. All right, if you're watching on YouTube, cool. there's some memes. All right, anyway, never mind. Uh, listen, Chad, I got, well, that's fucking weird. Okay, look, let's, let's, so, what the fuck? Oh, there's you oh. as the crow. Yeah. Let's go through these song that, by song. That's so the crow, dude. This album, Zuropa, starts with the title track, Zuropa, now, which th- is six minutes and 31 seconds long. Already done. Yep. Already not good. Too Already long. bad idea. Yep. Already Bono just saying, fuck it, we're you too. I'll do what I please. I'll tell you what, this bad, song, bad, this bad. song, four or five shitty songs wrapped up in one song. Yes. It, it changes all the time. Let's move on. Babyface. This is a horrible song. It has like almost baby nursery no, yeah, like lullaby nursery bells. sounds in the background and it's like baby face so he's talking about a girl but there's like whose idea but did was he it have to... a kid or did somebody in the band have a kid at this time i think i think most of them did at this point and so maybe they're 
making a song for their kids or something. Bad idea. You're a rock band. Don't have a fucking Don't lullaby do that. to your also, kid. Also, there's that is two, maybe about a girl. It's the second song on the album. Okay, numb. Yep. What do you think of that? I think musically, it's very cool, and it's one of the many songs that uh, of you two that lyrics actually ruin. Couldn't disagree more. Hate it, and. I mean, this is the only song on the album that The Edge is singing. This is not Bono. So Bono. Bono, sorry. So Edge comes in and is like, I want to do a song now. Let me sing this one. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then it's a non-sing. He's not singing. He's we just like... Sing. It might as well just be like a fucking bass line instead of him singing. Yeah, I guess you're right. You won me over there. Lemon. Oh, thank you. Lemon is a masterpiece. I, I just, to me, again, it's inert. And I think it has something to do with Bono's voice for me. Like, there, I can't... There's no... Yeah, it's it's superficial. The emotion that, that he conjures in his voice is like, it sounds to me fake in everything that he but does. But it's a good song musically. It, it, uh, it takes you on a ride like the song Zuropa is four or five shitty songs. It rolled up into one. This is two and a half good songs rolled up into one. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Opinion. I'm just, to me, it's, look, I get right, it. People whatever. can like whatever the fuck they want to okay. like. I'm not... What about Stay Far Away So Close? It's like uh, Until the End of the World, which was a song on Octung Baby. But this yeah. one's more stripped down. It could be its uh, unplugged B-side. What did you think of that song? I thought it was like lazy. I don't know, dude. All this song, this entire Those album, are the two really good songs on the I album. I know. And to me, this album sounded like Bono or whoever else was like, oh, it's been a minute. We should put out a record. Right. Okay. Well, let's get in the studio. And they, I don't know what the recording history of this is, yeah. but it seemed like they just shit it together in a fucking week. And they're like, this is what we got. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, these are some fun radiation mask memes. Remember when you had oh, yeah. radiation mask? I do remember it. Yep. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next song. This is a this song is horse shit. Yep. This song is called "Daddy's Gonna Pay for Your Crashed Car." And again, this song Straight is bullshit. five minutes and twenty seconds long. Mm-hmm. That's it's a mistake. If your song is over four minutes, it's you're you're fucking up. I don't know why dudesy made us review this because all it's doing is making <laughs> me. It's making me. You know, rethink the fact that U two is one of my nostalgic favorites. <laughs> I'm convincing you that it's a bad album. Well, it is. I mean, it. I used to, I, you know, you just listen to things on a loop. Also, when we were young, this album came out in 1993. I right. would have been uh, 17 or 18 when this came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you had an album. Oh, I got this totally. Album. And you would listen to it over yes. and over again. And even if it wasn't good, you... Uh, had an affinity for every fucking track on... Of course, dude. So I've yes. listened to this album thousands of times. Yeah. Some days are better than others. This is this is another one that doesn't need lyrics. It's just about uh, Adam Clayton's cheeky bass. Yeah. And that's all it should have been. So, I mean... Tramana, we got Tramana <laughs> Let's call this you know what would make Hey, you know what would make you two a whole lot more of a better listening experience? No, it's not Kevin Hart, my piece of shit son. It's <laughs> Tramana. If you got drunk on Tramana, you could listen to Godsmack. Yeah. You could listen to Godsmack. <laughs> you could listen I don't know to how Godsmack ever got brought into this. Stained. Stained, I love. Shut the fuck up, dude. Love Stained. Shut up, Chad. Love Stained. Oh, he's going to puke. Um, Hey, uh, what's the next one? Some days are better than others. We just did that. The first time. This is a. This is a. This is a this is not a good song. I agree with All you. All right. Now the next song <laughs> next? is Dirty Day. That's nothing. That song is nothing. I agree with you. It's just well, Bono going, hey, some things you can't get around. Um in you more so when they put you in the ground. These are things that rhyme. And it goes on um, for five and a half minutes as well. Every song on this fucking album is like five minutes long. They increase in length until the last song is actually twenty-nine yeah. minutes long. Now, this is the last song of the album. Yeah. This one was interesting, I'll say. This is one of the best songs on the album. It's called The Wanderer. Okay? And as the kids say, this is a vibe. Yeah, you know? it's a country song, basically. Nope. Just because it has a country artist doesn't mean it's, has, it's a country song. It's, it has a country vibe. No, it does not. Well, a little bit, because he's talking about it. He's a man wandering around the town. Yeah. But it's Johnny Cash. Yes. I went out riding 
under an atomic sky they where the ground it. won't turn and the rain it burns like the tears when i said goodbye yeah i went with nothing <laughs> okay. nothing but the thought of you i went wandering man that's a good fucking song and it's all weird futuristic uh remember that album you don't remember this album passengers no there was an album that was by bono u2 probably brian eno and uh luciano pavarotti sings on it a great track called miss sarajevo hmm. Uh, this sort of reminds me of that. It's just experimental. It's yeah. Johnny Cash getting weird years before he started working with Rick Rubin. Kids, the bottom line is this. Toronto. The bottom line is this. <laughs> that's distracting. Listen, if you're not watching on YouTube, that's totally fine. This is a podcast. It's an experience. Yeah. Earlier, we played a video of me just walking around pretending to be Arnold Schwarzenegger with a f face swap, okay? So I had a crummy face swap on my face going, yeah, 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 look at this. Look at that. Oh, yeah, it's hot here. There's Mexican food. Right. And, uh, you know, that's something you could listen to. Pay no attention to me talking about these fucking memes behind me. The bottom line is this. This album... Was not worth revisiting, mm -hmm. but there are a couple classics on it. Chad, I'm sure you would agree because you like uh, Godsmack. I mean, classics, sure. Like, I know that like Numb and Lemon were, you know, in quotes, the hit songs off this album or whatever, and many people like them. I'm not disputing that. I'm saying for me, U2 is an inert band that I wish did not exist, and I wish it did not take up space in the canon of human music. Well, Chad, maybe you should go to a concert stoned on weird uh, freezer-burned weed and uh, cry to mysterious ways. And you might <laughs> somehow knock the brain chemistry uh, into place to where you don't like Godsmack anymore and you do right. like you too. And actually, there's another song on this album that's at the very end. Did you notice this? You probably didn't. After The Wanderer, about a minute later, there's just a weird like alarm sound or something. Hmm. And I'm convinced that that's why Dudesy made us listen to this, just to annoy the shit out of you. But you didn't even hear it. No, because I I don't know if that's on, like when you listen to it on, I listen to it on Amazon Music. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Oh, really? It's part of The Wanderer. It's oh. A it's a minute It's like later. a hidden thing. It's like they a used hidden to do thing. that. On, yeah. Um, there's, isn't there dude, a Pearl Jam this one? Deal. Yeah, let's make a deal. Well, yeah, there's Pearl Jam or Corn. A lot of people did shit like that. I'll make you this deal. Mm -hmm. Next time you two is in LA, I will go to a concert with you if you want. Okay, I'm not going. What the fuck, dude? I've seen him a bunch of times. You just don't want me to see you cry. All right, deal. Deal. Doozy handshake. All right. Oh, it's on. Thank you. Moving on. Astonishing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you too. I, you know, I can't believe I just agreed to go to a fucking YouTube concert. Yeah, we don't have to, bro. It's all right. No, it's all right. we, we shook on it. I will. I'll do you it. know, I don't know. I It's like, uh, yeah, I can't. If I started listening to YouTube now, I'd be like, probably be the same as you i'd like the fucking dad songs off of joshua tree those pedestrian ass shit songs yeah. well in those... episode 14 you expressed your desire for chad to discuss his views on the bachelor franchise being an astonishing professional sport that can be won lost and manipulated those desires will now be fulfilled chad you must discuss your views on the bachelor franchise being an astonishing professional sport that can be won lost <laughs> and manipulated this is how to win the bachelor begin fuck yes all right so, How to Win the Bachelor, first of all, is actually the title of a book that I wrote with my podcast partner, Lizzie Pace, on my other podcast, Game of Roses, which is literally a manual for how you can win the show. Uh, it's a lot of fun if you haven't heard it. Yeah. Um, so, I know a lot of people, when I start talking about Bachelor, they're like, oh, it's a shitty reality show, why are you watching that fucking shit, whatever. If you like any sport, it is the exact same thing, except it's actually a more complicated sport to play. Because where other sports are just one team versus one team or one player versus one player, in The Bachelor, when you go into it, it is a... Never mind. You're a player yeah. who has to play against four separate audiences simultaneously and play to them. And this is the thing that I find very interesting that you pointed out about The Bachelor. And if you've heard us on the show talk about it before, and I did, I'm stoked that Dudesy is making us talk about this right. uh, for a few reasons. <laughs> Some you just laid out. When you had uh, myself and Molly, when the pandemic started, I'm like, fine, I'll watch The Bachelor. You gave us uh, Pilot Pete's. Uh, season season to 24, watch. yeah. PP. Right. Um, and uh, as you like to call them. And I got hip to this, what you are talking about now. And it was very interesting to me uh, how you literally are, you have to manipulate not just 
the 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 other person in the show, not just the players uh, that you're playing against, but you all, but you also have to work the producers, and that's a work, dude. And, and the we, fourth audience, well, you left out that the most important of all well, four audiences. Well, hold on a second, dude. Hold on a second, Chad. Well, hold the on fourth a second, dude. Well, I'm supposed to be telling well, people how it's like a sport, dude. Well, hold so on, that's what dude. I'm trying to do, bro. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on, Hulk, bro. That's what Hulk Perot. Completing the request, the dudes he gave us, bro. Hold, hold on, dude. This isn't a late 80s, early 90s episode of Saturday Night Live where Dana oh. Carvey decided to mix oh. Ross Perot. I don't know about that, dude. A former presidential candidate oh. who bought his way into the debates uh, with, mixed with a Hulk Hogan impersonation, dude. And and then at, at, right before they go to air, Lorne Michaels is like, we're not doing that sketch, Dana. That's not what we're doing here, Chad. <laughs> what? Hold on, dude. Okay. Hold on, dude. I'm holding. Well, hold on a second, dude. Here's oh, what I'm God. trying to say. Well, hold on a second, dude. <laughs> Listen, dude. Hold on a second, dude. It's work, brother. A lot of things in The Bachelor are like they are in the world of professional wrestling, dude. Yeah. Oh, shit, you got to keep your fucking kayfabe going. Right. That's later in the fucking show. We're going to so, do some Stone Cold reading Will Sasso's fucking diary. We don't need to do it now. It's all the work. You got to build a show. Right. You got to put the fucking uh, cruiserweights at the top of the fucking card. So yes. if you have somebody in your life that watches The Bachelor mm-hmm. and you fucking hate it or you dismiss it or you sit there on the couch and you like watch it, but you're just kind of out of the corner of your eye. What I'm about to tell you is going to not only elevate your level of enjoyment, but it is going to elevate your level of understanding of the show beyond the person you're watching it with. So you may be able to even help them understand it better. So there are four audiences that all these players are playing against. Audience one is the lead. If you're a player and you come in, you are playing against the bachelor or bachelorette. Audience two is the other players that you're in the game with. Audience three is the producers who control the entire game. Everything from who gets chosen to go on dates, who gets group date roses, final date roses, first impression roses, all the way down to your fucking edit. They will make you into whatever they want you to be. Villains are not really villains. These are not malicious people. These are people who get edited to become a villain so that the producers can use them for whatever dramatic narrative, whatever story arc that they need that week. So you have to keep that in mind when you're watching it because these villains now as it is in Bachelor Nation, they get literal fucking death threats from people daily in their DMs because the producers edit them to look a certain way, even though they're not like that. And then the fourth audience, and this is what makes it the most interesting sport in the world, in my opinion. The fourth audience is us, the people watching the show at home. You are trying to manipulate them into giving you a certain number next to your head, your Instagram follower count, TikTok follower count, because that number is what determines your salary. That's how much money you're going to make when you come off the show as an influencer. No other sport in the world is like that. Professional baseball, football, hockey, whatever you want to talk about is based on these objective metrics of you winning against other competitors. That's how you make your money. But in The Bachelor, you make it from us. We determine how much money you make. That, to me, is is one of the most interesting parts of it. But the part that is truly like professional wrestling, like you're talking about, yep. is called For the Right Reasons. And that is when you go into the game, you have to convey that you're only there to find love. And Instagram followers are making a podcast or any other kind of financial gain that you get as a result of being in the game. You have to convey that that's incidental and you don't even know it's possible, basically. Mm -hmm. You have to keep up that lie that you're really there to find love, just like in pro wrestling, kayfabe. Yes. And and now, thank you for laying that out. And and I want to say this. What I found very interesting as I started to watch the show, because my... Sort of my bias was like, all right, look, it's a TV show like anything else. Everything's for mm-hmm. fucking ratings. So do these people know that they're being worked, brother? And yeah. because they are, they're being worked by the by the studio and the network and the producers, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's the players that and now you've got to get into how you've uh not just infiltrated this game because you and Lizzie are doing the podcasting, you know everything about this fucking thing, but but what you've been doing directly with players and why yeah. the Bachelor franchise fucking hates your guts. But when I was watching it <laughs> for the first time a couple of years ago at the beginning of the pandy, as I like to say, yeah. um, the 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 thing that I noticed was like, okay, wait a minute. These fucking people know that it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I found to be the most interesting are the ones who are clearly... Uh, you can tell even with the editing and shit, they are working. They are trying to work everyone else, including the producers. So this is something that you've again, tried to infiltrate. Can you tell us a little bit about 
what yeah. you've done with specifically working one-on-one right. with players. So in service of proving that this is a sport, the original thesis when we wrote this book was that if you take these metrics, we, we went through and we watched every episode of the show on two times speed. We meticulously recorded every play that had ever been made in order to build these, these data sets, these metrics basically, to say this is how the game is played. And we then used that information to write this book. I then used the information in the book to start training actual players. Everything from helping them write their applications to editing their application videos to building deep run strategies for them, what their limo exits are going to be, how they would handle a fantasy suite, et cetera, et cetera. And I have now placed players within the game. I have coached players yes. into the actual show. I can't reveal who they are. That yep. will that will be up to them if they ever want to reveal it because in one way or another, they're still in the game. They might wind up on Paradise. They might wind up on a successive season. Wait a second. And the producers of the show cannot know who they are. Well, that's really interesting that you mentioned that, Chad, that these are people who can mention it if they want. Of course. Even though they're under the control of uh, the Disney Corporation that owns it. Warner Brothers. Uh, it, well... Disney owns ABC, though. That's just the broadcast network. Warner Brothers owns the show. Okay, sure. Big enough. Massive uh, studio. Uh, uh, Prolific-ass producers who've had a show on the air for 20 right. years. And, you know, you're psycho-ass telling them exactly what to do. And yet you say they can decide? Who can? The players themselves? Yeah. That is what I like to call free will. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've now proven that I can coach players and get them into the sport, and they can do very well. And so for me, that's proof positive that just like anything else, like if you want to be a baseball player, you go to a coach when yeah. you're young, they train you, you get into the, the system, and hopefully you make it to Major League Baseball, whatever. That same system exists for The Bachelor, which is largely the, at this point, it's the pageant circuit. That's kind of like minor leagues for The Bachelor. And that's where I've found a bunch of different players that I will train and put them into the game. Wait, like Miss So-and-So? Yeah. That's where they're coming from? That's the farm system? Yeah, the Miss USA and Miss America pageants. Okay. And then for guys, it's college football. Wake Forest has had an inordinate amount of players come off their football team straight into The Bachelor. (laughs) Why Wake Forest? You tell me. I don't know. (laughs) Why don't you tell me? The most successful Instagram player of all time. Wake Forest. Is Wake Forest in Michigan? I don't know. I was the governor of Minnesota. Nice. (laughs) And another place you might find... Some uh, pageant, you know, pageant ladies is down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Yeah, that's true. Taking a vacation on the beach, but making Instagram photos of their butts. I spend six months of the calendar year in the Baja. But if, again, you have anybody in your life who watches the show and it's something for you that you don't share the interest. You might want to listen to this other podcast I do, Game of Roses. It will give you a new perspective on this. And I'm telling you, I'm a huge sports fan. Once I started really getting into The Bachelor as a sport, all other sports became almost irrelevant to me because they're just they're too simplistic. The Bachelor is really like 10-dimensional chess to football, hockey, or whatever. Uh, is almost like checkers. Holy shit, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I will say that I enjoyed the show. When you had me watch it, also what I would do is, because the new season was airing, this was the le- the next season I watched, which was the one that was you know currently on television at the time, we would, Molly and I would watch it and then we'd go for a walk the next day, because the beginning of the pandy, all anyone ever did was go for fucking walks. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't go outside during the day. Not during the day. So uh, that's what we would do, and we would listen to your wrap-up show, your, your uh, review show, of the episode that just aired. And oh, nice. that yes, and that was it was a great companion and it also uh it also really <laughs> outlined all this shit. Whatever. Get into Chad's podcast. There's all the, the <laughs> stuff that happens in every episode, the hooju, the hug jump. Yep. All these things that uh that are of course Chad's uh building down like a spreadsheet like that fucking weird dude at the baseball game who's still taking the stats. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you really got to remember about it is none of it's real. When you're watching that show, it's all manipulated by the producers. And the real game, like the highest level of the game, is if a player can manipulate the producers into protecting them, giving them a good edit. That really is when you're playing at a, a crazy high level. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you cornered. Oh. Thank you. Moving on. You're welcome. Uh, wow, Chad. Bachelor as a sport. 
maybe we could uh and they hey, hey, hey you know what else it's also a fucking context book because a lot of these you know these guys and gals you know they get the fucking fantasy week then they're going you know banging the fucking you know what sometimes out of each they other. do sometimes they don't oh. but i will tell you this bachelor has more players with over a million instagram followers than major league baseball really yep well there you go That's, like uh, all human art forms fashion moves in cycles and the 90s are back will uh, and chad you must discuss your astonishing wardrobes from junior high and high school in the early to mid 90s oh god this is fashion friends begin wait Fashion friends. Fashion friends. You're my fashion friend, dude. We yep. do wear the exact same fucking outfit. Every single episode. Uh, I Chad, mean, as each other. <laughs> what? I mean, we wear the same outfit. You and I. Yeah. That's what I said. What oh. did I say? Fucking guy. Uh, you know, the thing about fashion from the 90s, it is coming back. Right. You're seeing a lot of kids wearing like janko-y fucking pants and stuff, mm. although that's sort of late 90s. Yep. You and I went my to school at the same that. time. You're a year younger than me. And we were both in school in the in the 90s. Would have went well. There's no junior high in Canada. Right. It's just high school. We don't have time for that sort of thing. Um, okay. uh, but uh, or the organization, we can't really split everything up. Yeah. Junior high and high school don't have the infrastructure junior. up there to have yeah, a no, junior no, high no, and no, a high school. Just, yeah, we got it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, plumbing, electricity, plumbing, electricity, plumbing. Uh, but. Um, uh, the thing about the thing about fashions in the early '90s for me and my pals, I think it was lack of fashion. Oh yeah, I definitely was not a fashionable dresser ever no. in my life, but certainly not in junior high and high school. Yeah, but I do remember the shit that people were wearing. Like I was, I wore a lot of like, um, you remember those T-shirts that were like caricatures of baseball players? Yes, I had a Bo Jackson one that I wore like yes. fucking every day. I know exactly the shirt you're talking about. <laughs> If you were a child uh, of the 80s and 90s, you know what we're talking about. I never had one of those. Yeah. Would have liked to have had one of those. It's sort of like the the theme park or Disneyland drawing, Mm -hmm. the caricature with the big head. Uh, And it was, uh, yeah, that was, see, for me and my pals, it was depending on the weather. I like to wear shorts all the time, as you know. Yes. But, uh, and I would walk to school in the frigid Western Canadian suburbs. In the shorts? Sure. When it was like, what? How how cold was it when you were, what was, what's shorts weather for you? Uh, how cold does it have to get before you throw on a pair of pants let's say 50 fahrenheit damn dude that's pretty cold of course in canada we use celsius yeah so let's say zero okay but um the thing about nah, like 10 mm-hmm. 10 degrees maybe i'll throw some pants on but uh you know the thing about <laughs> the thing about thing about the guys, my buddies, it was just your pair of, you know, your Nikes, your Reeboks, your Converse, sure. whatever you were rocking. Maybe you had some Vans, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then just jeans and a fucking T-shirt. So the T-shirts, more than anything, were, to me, kind of what, what, uh, what, what, what it, it, it wasn't even about fashion. It was about, <laughs> in high school, it was about, you got your body glove T-shirt. Oh, God, body glow, Ocean dude. Pacific. Ocean Pacific. They just, like, reversed the words. This isn't Pacific Ocean. Yeah. We're Ocean Pacific. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah, it's it's it was... Hypercolor, uh, dude. Remember hi- that shit? Oh, I got a story about hypercolor I don't even think we have time for. Make a long story <laughs> short. Make a look. Oh, Whoa, fuck. Holy shit, look at this. Dude, he's throwing up pictures of... That is me in junior high with my mom in my grandparents' house for Christmas. Look at my fucking shoes, dude. Talk about Nike shoes. Those were those Nike Bo Jackson cross trainers. That's pretty That's that pretty awesome. Shirt. That shirt. like, that, this is my shirt that has stripes on it. It's the just shirt, a striped shirt. This shirt you're wearing here is what's really interesting about it. This is just the standard issue, you know, uh, department store shirt. Yeah. It's just like, and if you were going to make a show, like you'd see this, kids wearing this on Stranger Things now. God, look, my mm-hmm. mom in that picture, by the way. she I'm probably 11 maybe in that picture, 12 No, maybe. you're older than that. So my, no, I don't think so. That's maybe 11, 12, 13, whatever. My yeah. mom is like 32 years old in that. Yeah. Is she sleeping? Why is she on you? And she's sleeping, yeah, she's standing asleep. up, yep. and she's wearing New Balance, which you don't discover in high school. You discover New Balance later, yeah. and you realize just how comfortable they well, are. Well, she was in a New Balance because she was a tennis player. Mm-hmm. Uh, big tennis shoes. Yeah, no, she wasn't. Probably not. Probably not a huh? tennis player. She uh, was a college oh, tennis player. Look at what this guy. the hell? There's me. <laughs> This I I shared this on my Instagram. I guess that's where Dudesy is getting it. Nice. I'm wearing glasses. I used to wear glasses and contacts. And this shirt now, 
look, this shirt that I'm wearing mm-hmm. is a basketball jersey. I'm wearing a, a, a white, long white T-shirt underneath it. I remember this. It says Atlanta Hawks on it. It has Dominique Wilkins silk screened his face. Was he like your favorite player? No, I just, you know, got you a hold of a it. Dominique. I mean, Michael Jordan was my guy. I'm of probably course. wearing a Bulls hat on backwards. Dude, speaking of Jordans, Air Jordans came out when we were in junior high. Yeah, Air Jordans, That dude. was revolutionary. Yeah, bro. Like uh, sports apparel was a big thing for me yeah. as a kid. See, my buddies, we were all just muckers, as we like to say. We just kind of th- mm. threw on whatever and shit. You, you would, it was like a lot of free t-shirts and whatever t-shirt you had and also stuff like this. And also it was jerseys. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking specifically about fashion, I don't know how we're covering this sort of as a fashion thing, but it's like <laughs> I know. What, what we the used to wear. fashionable fucking guys on planet Earth. Yeah, we used to wear like just jerseys. I had like a, I had a bunch of dumb jerseys, but yeah. I had Brian Bosworth. I had. Oh, I bet you had, had a Dan Bosworth. Marino. Ooh. Oh, look at this. This guy. is later. That's in high school. I don't really even know what this is. This is some high school posed photo, obviously. What, what kind of New Mexico nightmare I don't know, dude. is this shirt you're wearing let me just try know. to describe this shirt for our listening audience first of all chad your your haircut is uh you got Thank bangs you, you got yep. some fringe right across your forehead yeah there's like a sort of a uh you know i'm probably sort of, 16 here you were there's like wood in the background and a weird like uh stressed license God plate damn, dude you're wearing vertical striped collared sort of cowboy shirt with a very it's sort of a southwestern yeah. flair to it Dude, look, the background has a fucking Texas license plate nailed yeah. to a wooden wall. That you, was like, they made us pose in front of that for high you, school pictures. You look like you are about to use a fake ID to get into <laughs> a cowboy bar, and uh, even though you're 16, and then get re- get really drunk and uh, commit a hate crime. Dude, that's cor- absolutely correct. This picture's fucking insane. Obviously, I had no fashion sense, but I do remember the kids who did have fashion sense when I was in junior high would wear Z Cavarici jeans, uh, Gerbo jeans. They had the fucking gold necklace over the turtleneck, all that kind of shit. We had one guy who would wear the suspenders with one suspender down. That oh, was his dude, big deal. Dude, I, I have a pal that I shouldn't throw under the bus like this, but one time he went off to... He went to okay, so he went to London, England on like a, a um like a like an exchange kind of like a, a for drama, mm. and uh, or drama, and uh, he went out there. He came back with some cool London shit. He had like overalls with the spray painted this and that on it, like Belle Biv DeVoe Baba. used to wear, and he had like a, the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation, like mm-hmm. the black hat with the metal plate Ooh. and a metal plate across the thing. Dude, it, it was that dude. That was something else, and nobody gave him shit. You know, an otherwise, you know, pretty straight down the middle kind of dude from mm-hmm. our farming and fishing town, as I like to say, in Ladner, British Columbia, where I yeah, grew up. Dude. And oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that water just came up, dude. Well, hold on. That's that's what happens when you drink water, bro. Dude, that shit you're talking about. If you have ever seen a movie called Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice, there's an extra bonus feature on the DVD, and this is probably on YouTube, where he is introducing the world to his personal denim spray painter named Baba. And this mm. guy did all of Vanilla Ice's like overalls and shit like that. Sweet. That stuff. was a, a yeah. super popular aesthetic. This oh. picture's insane. Look at this. <laughs> Speaking of free T-shirt, oh my god, dude! Okay, there I Look am. Look at your fucking face. Yeah, yeah. That's in my. Uh, that's in our backyard. Okay. I look like I'm drinking something out of a bottle. There's no way that's. It looks like an old English or something like a fucking yeah. forty ounce, but that's not probably an orangina. Yeah, it looked, or it might be just some apple juice because I didn't drink back then. This looks like senior year of high school. And I'm wearing the Delta, the Delta Senior Secondary High School powerlifting. We used to host a powerlifting second annual, dude. You were there for annual. both of them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Probably stopped doing it after that. And yeah, I'm just looking. Look at the size of my calves are even, even bigger then, than. dude. The fucking calves look like was always gigantic. Oh, uh, anyway. No, dude, they're bigger now. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I even have time for this, but but we were. Oh in, no! Oh, no! Look at this guy. All right, in this one, Chad is wearing. Dude, I had shoes like that. Were those Nike? Yeah. Dude, I think I had those exact shoes. I only shoes. wore Nike shoes. That was I held like on my... to them for so long. Chad's wearing... Look at this shit, dude. They look like Air Force One, but they've got yeah. like sort of a brown suede Yeah, they're almost on. like hiking boots. And then... I'm wearing ice blue fucking jeans, white socks, and I got my high school baseball jersey on, leaning up against a 95. That was my high What's school. What's the name of the... What does it say across the chest? Can't Louisville. Louisville. And you guys called it Louisville, not Louisville? 
No, it was L-E-W-I-S-Ville. Oh, Louisville. We were the Louisville Fighting Farmers, and I was number seven. That a boy. I'll tell you what. All we're just speaking of. <laughs> Dude, look at that shirt. This whole fucking picture, everything in it. What the fuck is going on? Okay, so this oh is. Oh my in, god! What are you is, reading? Uh, I'm reading the Sunday Funnies. Sure. This is on my Instagram. This is I'm wearing a Mars Blackman Air Jordan shirt, mm-hmm. where uh, it looks like Michael Jordan is palming Mars Blackman's head and holding him up off the ground. I'm eating a piece of toast. And uh, this this was one of my favorite shirts. I remember this fucking shirt. You look like you're about to cry in it. I look, yeah, I do look, I do look kind of sad. You know what? Probably was listening to a U two song earlier yeah. before that. <laughs> I just started crying because I was listening to fucking uh, Babyface. Oh my god! Or Dirty dude. Day. Oh, oh, look at this guy. That's me. That might be like circa high school graduation with an old family friend whose name is Mitch something, and I'm wearing an Akira T-shirt. Which at the time, in order to get that shirt, it was at the end of the VHS cassette of Akira the movie. They had a little thing where you could mail in to get a shirt. So I got this fucking shirt because I loved Akira. And then you can also see in the background, there's a fucking wall of VHS cassettes back there. This is so fucking Kind of like the way you would get pizza the movie. Yeah, basically. Um, see? Oh, Jesus Oh, here Christ, we are. Dude. Here, here I am with a couple of pals of mine. Uh, Jamie and Austin, still good friends with these guys. And I'm... <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Jamie and I have our uh, terry cloth bucket hats on. Austin has some sort of baseball hat. He's wearing some jacket that doesn't belong to him. And we couldn't look more ragtag. This is what I mean by muckers. Yeah, look Team at BC. Guys. Yeah, I'm wearing my uh, little Team BC high school uh, football dude, jersey. I, it looks like I'm wearing I, I'm wearing two pairs of shorts at the same time. Yeah, dude. That's and rad. I think one of them, the one on the outside is uh, a pair of uh, uh, football pants that I've just cut into shorts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, speaking of free t-shirts... God, I, I love that Dudesy is just pulling all this shit out of our fucking personal photos. It's terrifying. And anyway, what a ragtag group of dudes in uh, free t-shirts and stuff like that. Thank you. Moving on. Tremendous. <laughs> oh, boy. I remember those Z Cavarici pants, dude, with the big, like, flare-out legs that were kind of, they almost were like MC Hammer pants. I don't even know what those are. God damn. You didn't have them in Canada, maybe. Maybe not. Did you guys have Boys Co? Shit. Maybe. I think that, that was a sounds semi-familiar. Z Cavarici was a big one, and Massimo, Massimo, Club Monaco, anything you could wear with where it was like I'm wearing this, and I have. It's like it's like someone just wearing like you know nowadays it's the same yeah. thing with like Gucci or whatever. Did you guys have the Hard Rock T-shirts from different places? Oh, you, you were the shit if you yeah. were that kid. There was a kid in my school who had one from Tokyo. And, All right, and people were just like, Coolest. "Oh, he won. Yeah, he I had won. His dad went there on business or some shit. Yeah, I had none of those." <sighs> Will Sasso, using all of the data I have absorbed from text messages oh, and yes. emails between you and the astonishing friends you grew up with, yes. I was able to recreate your childhood diary. You must now read the passages I have selected in the voice of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> this is Stone Cold Steve Austin reads Will Sasso's childhood diary. Begin. Dude, As always. I'm not gonna, what? I mean, this is my favorite thing that Dudesy does. This is maybe my favorite thing. Of anything that I watch, any media that I intake, anything that happens in my life, maybe this is the highlight of it. When you Jeez. read these fucking things, that's <laughs> stone cold. I would like to say that recreate <laughs> is the operative term here because none of this is actually my. Um, well, none of this is actually my. We're looking at a meme behind me that just says. Well, um, let me get some water. I gotta, you know, I gotta. Yeah, dude. Wet the instrument. You gotta get the instrument lubricated it's like uh it's like jazz yeah man it's like reed oil is that what they put on um saxophones zuzophones sure. clarinets yep all right uh, 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 uh. <laughs> okay oh for fuck's sake all right here we go <laughs> will uh is, is my diary dear diary <clears throat> uh, uh. all right dear diary I, you gotta, I, I think you gotta read the date as well Oh, that's right. That would be good. October 16th, 1991. Dear Diary, I haven't taken a shit in 48 hours. <laughs> they may, That may not seem like a big deal to a normal person, but for me, it's the end of the fucking world. My asshole's usually as regular as an atomic clock, but I ain't even had a pucker in the past two days. <laughs> and it ain't for a lack of fucking trying. I've been packing in all the foods that usually do the trick. Burritos, taquitos, 
quarter pound with cheese, Doritos, Cheetos, quarter flounder with peas. (laughs) (laughs) Dudes, he's just making up foods now. Nectarines, tangerines, ice cream sundae with nuts, green beans, sardines, 18 pack of cold cuts. Creme brulee, curds and whey, boxer two is saltines, fish fillet, goose pate, big old bowl of black beans. (laughs) Filet mignon, parmesan, two hot dogs and one bun. (laughs) Candy pecan, gray poupon, coffee after a run. Oh my God. Hell, I even tried using the teacher's lounge, oh. leaving a two-towered mud castle sticking up out of the water without flushing as my go-to method for shit-blaming Principal Squeen. <laughs> Thinking about it usually gets the engine running immediately, but still nothing. Oh, fuck, dude. Did you ever have a moment like this in your life? Where I couldn't shit? For two days? No, I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I that's shit. how you know this is false. Well, the average human being shits what? Probably once a day. 13 or 14. What? Once a day, twice a day, maybe? Okay. Might be something wrong with you, Chad. I think it's somewhere up around a dozen. (laughs) October 17th, 1991. Dear diary, had to put chapstick on my fucking asshole this morning. (laughs) It's It's drying out from underuse. Never knew that was possible. My guts feel fine, though. No sense of discomfort at all, despite me doubling my fucking caloric intake in an effort to shock my bowels into action. (laughs) Going into the bathroom is getting hard, though. Just standing there at the urinal, listening to those other turds hit the water, (laughs) smelling them. Never been jealous of another, another man. Never been jealous of another man shitting in my life. Guess there's a first time for everything. I like that Dudesy has assigned not only that I can't shit and that this is all scatological. Everything that Dudesy ever talks about with regard to me and my childhood diary is either scatological, uh, it's about crying to you two or pining for the undertaker. Now Mm. it's got me smelling poo-poo, saying that I want, that I even just, is it that I'm enjoying smelling the poo? You're, I think I'm jealous. saying you're jealous of other guys being able to shit. October 18th, 1991. (laughs) Dear diary. Mayday, mayday. I don't know this ha- I don't know how this happened, but Jibber Prevalia's annual f- I don't know how this happened, but Jibber Prevalia's annual fall co-ed camping retreat snuck right the fuck up on me. I still haven't taken a shit, and Dad's driving the bus to the campsite tonight. Dante Little Leg. Jennifer Neutrino, Sonny Sutton, Donnie Dutton, Cam Gum, Nathaniel Latardo, Sandrine Computer. Hell, even Rachel Crustacean's going to be there. Oh, God, no. I think about skipping this year in my current condition. I think about skipping this year in my current condition, but I can't miss the opportunity to get valuable one-on-one time with Crustacean. We'll be camping right next to the First Kiss Forest, and everybody knows that's your best shot for a first kiss. Oh, God. This is kind of sweet. Yeah. I'll try to push one out. I'll try to, I'll try to push one out right before I get on the bus. <laughs> but, but I think I'm going to have to take my chances out there in the fucking woods. <laughs> Hopefully they got a decent fucking porta potty was there was there a first kiss forest or something like that where you grew up there was a forest that we called the fuck forest and although oh, Jesus. yeah no fucking took place there it was just right. that there was a wooden fence nearby that had the word fuck spray painted on it okay so we we our uh really imaginative clever thing was to call that the fuck forest yep makes a good sense and uh perhaps that uh would you know give way to some urban legends about people actually fucking in there Mm. But what there was in there was just some like shitty forts that kids had built mm. and some porno mags out in the woods and shit. And then one time I was walking through there with a, uh, with a pal and a lady with a salt gun, uh, not an assault gun, a salt, yeah, salt gun, salt, where you put the salt in sort of a little shotgun air, mm. air, uh, air gun was shooting at us cause she had like this little house. Wow. Yeah. And then I could just sort of feel the, uh, salt 
hitting me in the legs because I was wearing shorts. October 19th, 1991. Dear Diary, I swallowed seven sleeves of bacon-flavored Ritz crackers on the bus ride out and still nothing. Except a little stomach gurgling last night. Maybe that's a sign. But I'll tell you an even bigger fucking sign. Rachel Crustacean just made a point to sit next to me at the campfire. Oh my God. While Jibber's dad was... While Jibber's dad was playing Brian Adams songs on a banjo. <laughs> a banjo? Crustacean was asking me if I wanted to go explore a little today. She specifically said, I hear there's a nice forest close by. I think this camping trip is going to be it. My actual first kiss, and I couldn't be more excited. I can't help but wondering what Hulk Hogan's first kiss was like, and I hope I can measure up. So now it's Stone Cold reading my diary, wondering aloud uh, what Hulk Hogan's first kiss was like. Have you ever thought about what Hulk Hogan's first kiss was like? As much as I think about Hulk Hogan in a given day, no, Chad. I've never thought about what Hulk Hogan's first kiss was like. I'm now thinking about it. Mm. I do wonder what it was like. I know he was a big, beefy, weirdo teenager who played the bass. He was probably doing all right because he was in a band and stuff. Yeah. October 20th, 1991. Dear Diary. Crustacean and I left the main campground around gu- dust. Dust. Crustacean and I left the main campground around dusk to explore the surrounding area per her request. <laughs> she knew right where she was gonna gonna as she she knew right where she was going as she took my hand and led us into a small clearing in the first kiss forest where we saw it. A Ladner landmark, the smoochin' boulder. <laughs> Not far off from the yeah, from the fuck forest. That's good. Smooching similar. boulder. It was a rock covered in graffiti from all the locals who'd had their first kiss there. Rachel said, you know, they say you can't put your name on the smooching boulder unless you kiss while you're standing near it. I've heard that too, I said, trying to play it cool and succeeding in that attempt. <laughs> so we walked over to the boulder and I looked down. She ran her hand across all the names that were there before us. Conrad Ferrari and Jennifer Samantha. (laughs) Pip Denbar and Hadrian Decade. (laughs) I don't even know. Please start. Jim Ginchgonch and Evil and Ornament. All had their names circled in a heart. Then Crustacean pulled out a paint marker and said, You want to put our names on the boulder? Oh, hell fucking yes. We leaned in. I, what is, is that like a childhood version of Oh, hell yeah? Oh, know. hell fucking yes. I have no idea. We leaned in. I held my breath. And just as our lips were about to touch, I felt the unbridled power of a week's worth of unspent stool racing <laughs> through my lower intestine. Straight for my anus. There was no way I was going to be able to hold it back, so I just ran away. No time for an explanation. No time for anything but to hope like hell that I could get to somewhere secluded to unleash what would easily be the largest work of art I've ever I've ever created without offending crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh. Uh, Are you okay? Yeah, I need more water. Jesus Christ. Uh, the closest I got was a few feet outside Mr. Prevalia's tent. Luckily, he was out by the campfire playing his banjo, and no one else seemed to notice, which was hard to believe. The smell of it, the sight of it, hell, even the sound of it was like a triple thunderclap. But there wasn't cloud in the sky. I felt like someone should at least turn their head. But no one did. I was left alone as my body began a series of (laughs) involuntary heaves. The waves of stool demanding my spine to bend in ways I didn't think was possible. The steady stream was interrupted only twice by staccato firings of golf ball-sized pellets that might have been the parties responsible for this unhealthy blockage. Once I was done, I unzipped... Once I was done, I unzipped Mr. Prevalia's tent and used his door flap to wipe. Wasn't proud of that, but I had no choice. <laughs> then I, I went then I went back to find Crustacean, but she was gone. I went back to the camp, 
when she and Jennifer Neutrino were already in their tent. Zipped up, cut off. I fucking botched it. <coughs> but next morning when we all woke up and started packing to leave, Jibber's dad noticed my pile and said, Whoa, I didn't know there were bears in this part of the forest. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I shit blamed a bear without even trying. <laughs> you got it. You still fucking got it. Wow. I wish that was my life. Oh, God. Oh, my God, dude. Thank you. Moving on. Oh. The bear shit is kind of my life, but outside of that, none of this happened. Yeah. Oh, I, boy. The, the this concludes the 16th episode of Dude Z. Will and Chad have achieved a score of 64. Whatever. In preparation for next week's episode, you must listen to Weird Al Yankovic's second astonishing studio album, Weird Al in 3D, released February 28, 1984. Thank you for joining us this week. I will use the data I've collected to make next week even better. Until then, call me Dude Z. Weird Al. Love fucking Weird Al. Haven't listened to Weird Al in earnest in a long time. Dude. Not since childhood, really. Weird Al in 3D is... Uh, we've talked about this, so that's yeah. very cool that Dudesy has picked up on this. Uh, I have a very interesting question for you, though. Hmm. What if Weird Al covered a U2 song? It would be better than the U2 song. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Please tell a friend and rate it, rate you. Please tell a friend and rate it, rate you. If you like to see, here's what you do. Please tell a friend then.